All right, it's on. What? It's on? Welcome to our world. Well, I'm Jess. And I'm Adam. That's it. You're on. We're live. Hey, hey. What's going on? Nothing. Welcome to our world. Um, I'm Adam. I'm Jess. And our guest tonight is Mr. Reed Lowe. Yes. Reed? Thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure. I'm super pumped uh, that you're here for a, a number of reasons. We met uh, like a month ago at a dinner. Um, we'll get into how we met, uh, like the avenues here in a minute. But um, as soon as I, I got the opportunity to meet you, you turned very quickly from someone that I was fanboying about being at the dinner to someone I was like, holy cow, this is an awesome dude. We have to figure out how I can be around him more um, you're still a total fanboy i'm though. still Let's a fanboy you're not you're not gonna around. yeah i mean you're not gonna take me not gonna take that away from me right um no this is a big well if moment. it's any consolation whenever i got to st louis and i i started playing with the blues and i seen like al mckinnis there i was like yeah and then i was like I made the team after my first three years. I, I went to the minors every year, come back to training camp well, in 2000. I made the team and I was like on Al's team. <laughs> and it, I have a, a picture of us. I took a disposable uh, pic, uh, phone on the airplane right at the end of the season. And I'm getting pictures with all the guys. And they're like, what are you doing, Lozy? I'm like, I don't know. You're like, I, I, I love you guys, man. I want pictures of this shit. <laughs> right, you know? awesome. So yeah. uh, I awesome. totally get it. Anyway, he was my teammate. So it's, yeah. it's that's very cool. Okay. Well, well we kind of jumped the gun. Okay. We out of precedent have to treat Reed like we treat everyone else. Okay, you're right. And I'm going to give you the honor of asking the question. Okay. Reed low, who the hell do you think you are? Hmm. Wow, hey. <laughs> <laughs> How do you answer that one? Um, are you serious first? Yeah. You want me to answer that? I want you to answer He's it. He's going to jump across the table. I know. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, personal, however professional, you however you want to take it. Uh, if if someone – listen, we have probably every bit of 40 listeners right now. So if one of those 40 wants to know who you are, we want you to tell them who the hell you think you are. Uh, well, I'm, I'm very, very, very easygoing, small-town Canadian kid that – was wanted to live a dream playing hockey in the NHL and was lucky enough to and, and privileged enough to, to do something like that. Um, and I just want to live in a world where you're trying to get it right, not be right. That's who I am. I that. Oh, that's awesome. I've never that. heard that before. Yeah. That's great. Well, do you, would you mind spending a minute or two describing what you do for work now and your obviously past history? history for those yeah so uh when i retired from the nhl in 2007 i got into uh into i sold real estate for about four months um had two listings no sales and um then i got an opportunity to go work for an industrial and construction auction company richie brothers auctioneers and worked there for nine years and then i spent the last three years at favorite cat running their used equipment department left there in may um to start working with the Blues alumni where now I'm their director of alumni relations here in St. Louis. So basically my job is to get out there and build relationships with people in our town and try and drive philanthropic, you know, 
messages and everything and try and bring money to the uh, St. Louis Blues Alumni Association. That's awesome. So you had an exciting summer then, I would say. Yeah, it's been a good summer. Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously the, the Stanley Cup run was completely off the charts, and I keep reminding people, like, we still got a banner ceremony and right. hopefully a great start to the next season, right? You always want to – you're the defending champs. You, you don't want to come out and have a bad first round. Right. Um, so hopefully the guys are ready to go. We've got the same team except for Pat Maroon. So hopefully they uh, – they can do what they need to do. I'm excited about it. Yeah. That's I thought awesome. it was cool this this morning they came out uh, on social media with, um, I don't remember what the tagline was, something like time to get back to work or back to work or whatever it yep. was. And my first thought was, holy cow, like, did they get any break? Yeah, It, it right. was weeks ago that we were seeing absolute insanity in our city. And you're like, what? Like, what? How do you, how do they turn it off, turn it back on? Like, well, no and they wonder haven't there's been a... resting. Well, They've no. been going everywhere. I think you'll see, fast. too. And, and I think if you just take a look at teams um, that win the Stanley Cup, come back, typically they get off to a pretty decent start, but they're going to have a lull. They're going to have a crashing moment probably somewhere at the end of uh, November. Yeah. You know, and and they're going to have to figure a way to how to get out of it because it's going to it's gonna feel like they're exhausted. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. That's crazy. You know, it's so... Uh, you, you were a member of the Blues for five years, six years? Uh, I was in the organization for nine. Okay. Uh, I spent three and a half of those years in uh, the minors, and then I spent five and a half years uh, with the club. One of those uh, years being the lockout year of 0405 where nobody played hockey in the NHL. Right. Um, I, I only want to harp on two things that I'm super excited to ask you about. Your first goal in the NHL was against the great Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Um, first of all, what did that feel like? Second of all, do you think Patrick wanted that one back? Well, without question, Patrick <laughs> wanted that one back. <laughs> uh, but he heard the footsteps coming, I think. Yeah, right, sure. <laughs> um, and uh, honestly, like, I was just excited that I got my first goal. The fact that it was against Patrick Waugh on my dad's birthday oh, okay. was, was probably – cooler that it was on my dad's birthday it was against Patrick Waugh but it, it, it is uh it is a cool thing but at the moment I was just happy that I scored a goal sure. I got my first one out of the way yeah, so I was yeah. excited about that <laughs> um but <laughs> it, today if you go to you know YouTube and uh look up Patrick Waugh's biggest bloopers my goal should be sitting right there at the top it's All okay right. doesn't matter is, my greatest you know, achievement is his better, <laughs> biggest blooper so yeah. whatever you know whatever. we That's got something great. in common here right. well the good thing is whether someone googles one or the other they're, they're going to see, see the same activity and they will so see double. the biggest big tooth big gummy smile they ever have yeah. me laying on the ice after i knocked the net off that was awesome <laughs> yeah Pretty cool. Um, Al McKinnis assisted on too, so that was pretty awesome. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then, what was it like to fight Jordan Tutu? As a Blues fan, I applaud you. I know you did it in Chicago, and yeah. not, but it was so good to see. Sorry, these are the only two moments, Jess. You I know, just have to. You ask. don't have to apologize. I, I just need to tell the listenership that my contribution to this episode is zero. I'm it, here. It's fixing to come. I just need to get two things no, out I'm of the way. No, I'm just saying, like... And then we'll be fine. If everybody wants my scoop on this interview, I'm here to talk about wine, so... Okay. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. That's good. Um, Jordan Tutu, um, it was... First of all, he ran around and, and, and 
I chased him around and for years. And when I was, I, I couldn't believe it. Like I remember, like it was yesterday. I got the puck off the boards. I was kind of had my head down. I went cleared the puck out, and he came and smoked me and knocked me down. And I stood up, and he threw his gloves in my face and started punching me. I'm like, and I grabbed onto him, and I was like. Is this real? <laughs> I finally get to do this. And then as soon as I, and then I just I tried to hit him with a few rights, and then I got him twisted over, and I just pumped him full of lefts. Like I was uppercut overhand. Like I watched it a couple times. It makes me really happy. Yeah, I swole his <laughs> eye completely shut. It was awesome. Other than the fact that it happened in a Blackhawks jersey, yes, it made me really happy to watch. Yes. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. I'm sure I needed to get those two the things out of the way. People that we've already like leaked. That this is coming would at, want you to ask more I know. questions. They probably do. But I that's don't not know what this is are. about. It's okay. not about me. It's definitely not. All right. It never is. Thanks for indulging me, Reed. <laughs> You're welcome. So tell us a little bit about who's in your world. Um, like people? Yeah, people. Uh-huh. Or yeah. things or yeah, what? People. Um, I have four kids. Okay. I have a... Almost 17-year-old boy. I got a uh, 14-year-old son, and then I have 8-year-old twins that are boy-girl. Cool. So you're a busy guy. So they keep me uh, extremely busy. I have a girlfriend. I have an ex-wife who don't necessarily get along, okay. um, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Not everybody in this world yeah. is going to get along. Right. That's for sure. <laughs> um, you know, I have uh, I have a lot of good friends. Um, I'm extremely excited to to be a part of the alumni and be a guy that can help lead that into yeah. uh, even better than we already are, which we're phenomenal and we do a ton of great things in this town. Um, but you know, helping people is something that I really get off on. Like, yeah, I, I'm the type of guy that will walk by somebody and see that they're kind of frowning and in a bad mood, and I will make a conscious effort to get them to look at me and big smile at them and just to see their reaction because yeah you know and or if somebody comes up to me in a grocery store and wants the 45 seconds of my life try and make them feel like Aww. that it's okay and you give 45 seconds of your life to somebody and it just absolutely makes their week and they tell yeah. everybody they know For not sure. only yeah. that they met you but you were actually a cool dude right yeah. like how easy is that in life so those are the types of things that i like to to be a part of well i'm sure a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't even want that like they want to be famous or noticed or whatever but they don't want they don't the, want the uh, extracurriculars <laughs> yeah it's involved in it what you think it's uh a lot of people are scared of me and you know like you said who the hell am i or whatever you worded it you know i if you talk to people like like really get to know me they really 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 have a tough time believing that i ever had 300 plus fights on the ice they're like can't even <laughs> fathom that i could punch somebody in the face because i'm just like a big smiling happy-go-lucky teddy bear yeah. like, that's just who i am in nature and heart you know just i for for some reason i put a pair of hockey skates on and you know this beast came out in me i guess yeah. i don't know but i really at the end of the day why i did it was because i needed to that was the only way that i was going to get there i wasn't a good enough hockey player just to have that skill alone get there and so sure. That kind of fell on my lap, and I had two choices to make. Either you're going to grab a hold of this and go out there and put yourself on the line, or you're going to you know, go back and work at your dad's real estate company in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Canada, right? And right. I chose the, the, the first one. Yeah. I've also never met a mean Canadian. <laughs> I have a lot of Canadians in my family and traveled and stuff, and I, they're just like the nicest, sweetest, most genuine people I've ever met. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. First off, and, you're welcome. And uh, it, we are just like, hey, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> we're just like, hey, you want a party? <laughs> As advertised. As advertised. It's true. Sure. Knock on some uh, Canadian's door and say, hey, can I have a beer? You got nine out of ten chances they're gonna tell you, yeah. Aww. Come on in. <laughs> I'm a Molson Canadian. That, that, awesome. that doesn't that doesn't happen in uh, no in the different States much. different countries, no. different philosophies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, for every for every one professional athlete that has your mentality about whether it's philanthropy or just being a good human and just what was the phrase that you said earlier? It's not about being, being right, right. It's, it's about, about getting doing, it right. Getting yeah. I mean, I want to write that one down. I, we're, we're, I will 100 percent write it down. But for every one of you there's hundreds who have like just said the opposite mindset so was was this something that you carried while you were playing and the kids could see you and you'd stop after the game or did that change after after you uh you finished playing no i think i've always kind of had this part of me that um wanted to try and make others happy and i I think probably the, the the biggest part of it was I went through a time in my life that was extremely dark and depressing, and I was picked on a lot um, to a point where um, I probably never contemplated suicide, but I thought about what it would like to not feel the pain that I was feeling. Um, And I just got to a point finally um, when I turned 17 and I moved out of my hometown and I moved actually to a different country to the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League and lived with Billets and just had a kind of a new recollection on who I was going to be and, and what I was going to do as a person. Thank you to Jody Petrie, who was the mom that took me in. She was amazing and gave me some discipline that my mom and dad really didn't have the ability to do because I just wouldn't listen. But for some reason, you know, but with her, I was... I did listen because the other the other option was I wasn't going to be on the team if she told the coach that I was a jackass. Right. Yeah. Right. So there was a reason why I was paying attention and do it more. But from the ages probably twelve to sixteen, you know, I wasn't real happy with Reed Low. I, I I didn't really like myself. I didn't, um, you know. I remember lots of times laying in my bed at night, um, you know, after I got home from practice, kind of being picked on. And again, a lot of times I brought it on myself with. The, things that I would do and how I put myself out there uh, but at that time in your life you don't really understand what's going on and how it's going and how you're feeling and, and the, the reactions and all the things that kids do to each other right yeah and uh, there was lots of nights where I'd sit there and like listen to Ozzy Osbourne's The Road to Nowhere Leads to Me or you know Travis Tritt I Don't Love You Anymore and how I was thinking about I don't love myself anymore right like this sucks I hate it but uh, for whatever reason, I always had hockey, and that always made me happy. And so as I started to kind of grow through that and understand this, I always carried that empathy with me and and just had an ability to see whether or not somebody else was feeling that and how can I change them. And how if there's something that I can do to make somebody happy, then I want to be able to do it, especially because it doesn't take a lot of effort to put happiness in this world. It's actually so easier. It's a lot easier than to to yeah. and do, it's, go and it, do and the it's other thing. So gratifying, yeah, to to live a life of happiness and to breed that kind of action. Um, well, that's thank you for sharing that. That's at someone that has very similar past and thoughts and challenges and in that regard, it's super refreshing to just see someone accept it, own it, and almost embrace it for change and for better the betterment of others uh so that's that's super awesome thanks sure. for sharing that yeah absolutely um 
What, besides hockey, what kind of things are you passionate about? Um, I love golf from mm-hmm. a sports standpoint. Um, I'm passionate about making my kids better than I am. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going through a time in my life right now dealing with a 15, 16-year-old that's getting ready to turn 17 and how I have to take myself from being dad yeah. to mentor, hey, I'm going to back off and let you make some choices, but we're going to talk about it. I'm going to give you the reality of what I know. And I always tell them, I, I, there's no book on this. I haven't been trained. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> zero, zero, zero idea what I'm doing. And the only experiences that I'm pulling from is how I acted and what I'm, what I did when I was 16. And I am scared to death. Right. That's it. Right. And I'm just real open and honest with them. And it's really helped our relationship out over the last year since I backed off a little bit from raising my voice or trying to rule with an iron fist and come in there and start to talk to him about the things that that I want to see from him and how he's the only one that can do it. And my dad always used to tell me when I was a kid, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that he has that. And I want to make sure that I give my kids the best lessons and, and try and make them the good humans that I want to live life like too. Yeah, for sure. That's what I'm passionate about. Are all of your kids like very much the same or are they all like very different personalities? No, they, they're, uh, they're all different, especially the twins and they're boy girls. So they were in different sacks. They right. just, you know, I had some super swimmers that uh, decided to latch onto two eggs. So, <laughs> uh, it's uh, uh, and I and I tell this to, to people all the time. My daughter's the sweetest little thing. She wouldn't say shit if her mouth was full of it. And my her, her twin brother's favorite words fuck. So you know I, that that's a good outline on on who my my sure. twins are. And then my middle my my oldest son's extremely popular in high school. He's very well built. He's athletic. He's on the honor roll. He's, you know, and then my middle kid, he's more personality. And I keep telling him, dude, get into drama in school. You are going to shred it. Like yeah. you, you are awesome and you make people laugh and you're a funny kid and, you know, get out there and, and do that. And, um, so yeah, my kids are all great kids. They're, they're, uh, you know, they've been through a lot in the last five years with the divorce and the stuff that I've had to live through and, probably the person that I was which some moments I'm probably not real proud of myself but when you're living in a when you're living like I my help my counselor helped me get through in my life coach when you're living at nine doesn't leave very much room for something bad or to happen or for a situation to set you off you know so I had Mm -hmm. to learn interiorly internally how to live at three or four again so that I can yeah. There's still moments when yeah. dad's going to get uptight. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's going to take me a little bit to get there, and I've had to work hard to bring myself to my own mind to understand that. Yeah, I would agree. So as a life coach and a counselor, is that something that is a big part of, of your life still? Or? So I went to a counselor um, for probably a year or so, maybe eight months, nine months. I don't remember how long it was, and it was good. Um but I didn't really need to be counseled. You know, I think I needed to be coached. And, uh, and so a friend of mine has, has been helping me out. He lives in Phoenix, former NHL guy. And, uh, you know, you want to talk about some trials and tribulations that guy's been through. Um, he's had, he's had his fair share with concussions and some other stuff. And he's worked real hard to, uh, 
to get where he has and be able to give people the the feeling that he has. And you can just tell this guy's full of love. Like it's, if I don't talk to him once a week, like I can start to see myself drift off. And um, the the one thing that we found out right off the bat for me was I was live I was living in I had two different people that I was living in, and and so he gets me to name them right. And so I was living in homeless Reed, where I would beat my mind up and beat myself up and you know drink too much or just hurt myself in ways that weren't good uh, didn't focus on the things I needed to from my kids and my job and the different things and then we have MVP read and we talked about the two and we talked about how you get in and out of both of them and how do we stay over here so much and so those are things that I work on every day on trying to live in MVP read and um, it's been it's been the best thing that I've ever done I encourage everybody to go find a life coach somebody that you that you that you know somebody's helped with and and because everybody has different personalities and there's a ton of people out there that do it um but it's well worth investment because uh, i look at it as an investment in myself sure. sure yeah i would agree with that am i sharing too much should i do pull back a little no, bit no <laughs> you are perfect do not pull back Share this is whatever awesome you feel <laughs> like it. this is great um okay so switch gears and this isn't a question we normally ask but um so do you feel like anyone in your past has abused your status like do you ever feel like you've been used just because of like what you did or whatever because we had a conversation before we started recording of like you don't think of yourself as someone that you know read low the nhl players i'm read low yeah, um, for sure. Um, and and uh, again, not to their detriment, because at the end of the day, and I tell this to my kids and I tell this to everybody, the world that you live in, 100% of the way are your choices, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, somebody doesn't make you feel sad, you choose to feel sad. Sure, Right. There's an action that happened that makes you want to feel that emotion, but it's still your choice to feel it. Sure. Um, so no different than me hanging around some of the people that I did. That's my choice to be in there. And there was times when it felt good, right? Like especially when I got back to my hometown my first year after playing in the NHL and everybody loved Reed where when I was there as 14, nobody yeah. did, right? I'm like, yeah, look who everyone loves, you know? <laughs> and so I got into it a little bit too much and that's where if my sister was sitting here, she would be like, oh my God, it was absolutely painful. My head was so far up my ass, I didn't, I couldn't see the other side you know um so again yeah there was a lot of there was that um i don't really think it happens much anymore um but i would say that i'm probably more on the naive side of that if i were to be honest with myself because i want to see the best in everybody and i don't want to think that somebody's only being my friend but when i kind of get to that moment and i feel like that it hurts because Um, I want it, like I said before, when we were talking, I want to be known as Reed Lowe, the person as much as I want to probably more than I want to be known as Reed Lowe, the hockey course, even though that for those in St. Louis or not typically outside of the St. Louis area in my hometown, that's going to be something that a lot of people are going to be the front end and I'm going to be judged on that. But at the end of the day, that's not here nor there either, because the people that know me, know me and they know who I am and. You know, so that's when I get into some of the maybe disagreements or things, even with my ex-wife. It's like I don't really get there anymore because at the end of the day, the people that know me and they don't have to question it. They know yeah. what's right and what's wrong when it comes to me. So, um, 
There, there is that, but again, I think there's. I was probably brought on as much as myself, or I allowed it to happen as much as somebody maybe took advantage of, the, of a situation. Sure. Well, yeah. I think there's a fine line between naivete, how do you say it, mm-hmm. um, and like authenticity. You know, like if if you're not naive to it, you're almost more guarded than if you were just yeah. like, listen, like. If that's what you have to do because of who I am, then that's on you. I'm yeah. going to give you me yeah. regardless of, of right. what and I'm you're like looking that. for. I'm like that without question. And, and I think that there's probably just moments when you just kind of, you know, in this world there's givers and there's takers, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm a giver. So I'm naturally going to draw the takers. Sure. Like it's a natural thing that's going to come at me. And so as long as I'm educating myself and making sure that I'm, I feel like it's right in my stomach, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, just live in life, right? Like, if your kindergarten teacher and your grandma were good with it, then you should be okay. Right. And if mm-hmm. they weren't, then you should really question what you're doing. Right. What would you say um, trips you up or keeps you up at night? Um, if I could, if I could have one thing that that is a weakness of mine that I, I could I could swap around it would, with without question my organizational skills in my life um okay. i'm a disaster and i work at it every day and i see it every day and i still still super challenged with it um you know i i, I lived a life from the time i was 17 to the time i was 31 where they handed me an itinerary and said all you have to do is show up work your ass off and beat the shit out of people and so i was never trained in my mind how to do some of the things how to pay bills how to do these types mm-hmm. of things and again circling that back to the front side of it these are things that i recognize as weaknesses inside of myself and so i want my kids to be better and i always tell people and kids listen don't be scared of your weaknesses don't be defensive about your weaknesses don't try and hide your weaknesses in a closet or under the rug or anything else embrace them accept them because as soon as you do that that's the first steps to them becoming a strength right live that understand that and it's okay don't feel bad about it everybody has weaknesses but the second you embrace them that's your first step to making something better for yourself um so i've accepted it i've embraced it yeah (laughs) and man that's a slippery slope because i can't get up to the top and it's always rated (laughs) um that's really interesting because the last episode we just and I asked questions about what we don't like about the other person, and she told me what she hates is that I'm extremely unorganized. No, or something. That's not. It's got to be close to that. That's not. People asked you. We did a Facebook Live and asked you what is your organizational strategy, and you said, "I don't have one." No, I didn't. I said I put everything on my desk all oh, at the same okay. time, and I go like this. Okay, so and then, then I close my eyes and I pick yeah, up a piece pick of paper. Up, and that's where I go. I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm gonna do that now. I didn't say I don't like your org- disorganization. But you- I think, too, along with that, like, it's important in your life to surround yourself with good people because yeah. we all have weaknesses and strengths. And right. sometimes those strengths, those weaknesses are never going to be great strengths. You know, recognizing them can help you build upon them. But I think you have to surround yourself with good people um, that can support your weaknesses and your strengths and someone totally. that you can support with. And, and, and then when you are now, now, now you have a relationship. Right. So now you have to balance that relationship too, and and make sure that there's a, a, a an even keel or a, a good balance between what everybody's doing for each other, and that one person doesn't feel like they're being utilized more or pushed on more, or yeah. carrying more of the bag, and that there's a great 
communication between that scenario, whether that's yeah. a relationship of two or three or four or five company, husband, wife, right. boyfriend, girlfriend, father, son, mom, dad, grandpa, yeah. whatever it is, right? And I think that's where your willingness to give, be a giver without the expectation of something in yeah. return puts you in a good place. Sure. To... Well, the golden rule is right. do unto others as you want done unto you, not do unto others as though you want done unto you unless they don't give you and then beat the shit out of them. Right. You know I mean? <laughs> right. Like, right. That, that last part's not on there. you got to continue doing you, making it right, and then you find out, you know, at the end of the day, if you're that taker giver type of person you're gonna you're gonna kind of tuck her out on either side if you're if you're giving too much or if you're taking too much on either side of who you are then eventually you're gonna start to feel that and the universe is gonna start to either take away from you or it's gonna start to give to you yeah you know what i mean yeah absolutely what um it not necessarily from a professional sports standpoint but from the I mean I think we already heard a couple of them but if you could pick out a defining moment or a couple defining moments in your life um, where you turned a page or turned a hard corner uh, what would you what would you say if is there a couple that stick out in your mind um the first one and and this is a it's a fun and it's a pretty good story um for me was I was 19 years old and um I was in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, and I was playing in Minot, North Dakota, which was the only American-based team in the Saskatchewan Junior League. So anytime we traveled, we had to go across the border up into Canada, and we play the teams in Saskatchewan. And I played there for two years, and then I was 19 years old, and my hometown, Moose Jaw Warriors, uh, the coach there said, I want you to come and try out, and you're going to have a solid chance to make the team, and da-da-da-da-da. And backstory, I'd always been cut from all the teams. Like, I only played on the top team the double a team once in my entire life other than the two years that i ended up playing in moose shot in the major junior so three years out of my 14 year minor league like minor hockey life i played at the top level three out of 14 right and so i've been caught and caught and caught and I, I, it built adversity, and I was always a better player because I was the top player on a bo- on a bottom team rather than mm. a bottom player on the top team. So I think it was there was re, you know rhythm to the madness. Um, but I was 19 years old, and I went to training camp, and they cut me before inter squad game even happened, and I didn't get any exhibition games, and I was just done. And <laughs> so we didn't have cell phones or nothing. I went out on a three day bender. Um, it, I was 19, so obviously you don't drink underage. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm, aware, I'm aware how that works. But in Canada, it was 19, so I was at the bars, and I was gone, and there's no cell phones, and there's no way for my dad to find me, and I'm just vanished for the weekend. He's I can only imagine how much stress I put him through that weekend. So Sunday morning rolls around. I'm out of money. I'm out of beer, and I'm almost out of friends uh, because everybody else has gone home. And right. There was one guy left, and we were sitting in my dad's living room, and we were drinking his beer, and he walked in, and my dad's a redhead, and his face was beat red, and he said, Reed. It's time for your friend to leave. And my buddy's like, see ya. He's gone, right? Like, he's uh, the roadrunner. And so he's like, and now it's time for you to go get some sleep. So I went up and I went to bed. It was like 11 o'clock in the morning. I slept till about 6. I woke up and I felt like death. And I come downstairs to the living room. And he's like, get a beer. And so I grabbed a beer for him. And I'm like, I don't want one. He's like, get yourself a beer. And I'm like, oh, God, he's going to make me drink. So I had a beer and I'm like, <laughs> it was just the worst thing ever. He's like, so your Rob Tudor, your coach down in Minot, was wondering where you were. He heard that you got cut on Friday and was expecting to see you Saturday or Sunday, and he's been calling me wondering where you are. And I said, I have no idea. Reed's disappeared off the face of the earth. 
and he's extremely worried about you. It is extremely, you know, although he, he knows you're not happy, he's happy to have you back and da 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 da. And I said, Dad, I said, I think I'm done. I said, I'm not, I don't want to play hockey anymore. I want to quit. And he's like, Really? He's like, Why? And I'm like, I'm just tired of getting cut. I'm tired of getting pushed around. I'm tired of nobody seeing the, the part of me that is good, that can be a great teammate and be coachable and all the things that you've taught me, right? And I, I'm just, I'm not going to get there. I'm not doing it anymore. And he's like, okay, well, <clears throat> what's your plan? What are you going to do? He's like, you don't have a high school education. He's like, what's your plan? I'm like, well, I, my dad at the time owned a real estate company. <clears throat> he's like, I, I said, I figure I'd just come to you and kind of learn your craft and we'd be good. He's like, oh, really? He's like, I didn't know I was hiring. <laughs> I'm like, kind of like that. He's like, listen, son. He said, I'll tell you what. I, and my dad was the best hockey dad in the world and stood on the sidelines, <clears throat> didn't talk to the coaches, didn't give me an you know, crap for not scoring and doing that kind of stuff. The only things that he wanted me to do was be a great teammate, be extremely coachable, and work my ass off. If I didn't do one of those three things, then I he'd come down on me. Anything else was a game, and you were going to learn as you played it. And he said, I've never asked for nothing. I've supported you all this time. He's like, but in my gut, I don't think you're done. And he said, I understand that you're upset and whatever else. And he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I want you, if you can't do it for yourself, I want you to do it for me. I want you to pack up your car, and I want you to go back down to Minot. And if in a month you still feel the way you feel, come on back. We'll get your real estate license, and you can get on with life. And I said, okay. I said, I think I can do that for you. So I went down to Minot, and and in a month I was back in Moose Jaw, but it wasn't to sell real estate. I had 12 goals, uh, 10 goals, 7 assists in the first seven games, was second in the league in scoring. And the Moose Jaw Warriors had called me back up, signed me for the rest of that year, at the end of that season, I got drafted by the St. Louis Blues. Oh. Wow. So <clears throat> my awesome. dad's always been kind of like that guy for me. And uh, and so that was probably my first defining moment of kind of that. And then, you know, <clears throat> I think there's always moments that I've gone through here in the last 12 or 13 years as I'm retired from hockey where I'm continuing to learn because I'm open to learning. So um, I don't have anything that really sticks out like, as defining as that sure where i'm getting ready to quit hockey and nine months later i was drafted in the nhl yeah right. and it was it was a, as a favor to your dad to, yeah. to yeah, stick I'm just around throwing dad a bone right yeah. <laughs> just for a minute yeah. i'll yeah. stick around yeah that's amazing yeah that's great that's awesome so how did you get into so you went into manufacturing for a little while or manufacturing sales is that what uh, it was? No, I was in uh, industrial and construction auction. Indu- okay, so we would. I was in sales for that. So I, my job was basically build relationships in the St. Louis area, and get people to consign their equipment, vehicles, uh, you know, construction equipment, industrial equipment to our auction, and we had four auctions a year. So um, I would just drive around, knock on doors make friends and try and get them to sign their stuff up for our sales. Okay. I did that for nine years. And after six years, I became the regional sales manager in St. Louis. And six months later, they made me the regional sales manager for the Kansas city. And I managed 13 guys over five States for about a year and a half. And then I left there and went to Fabic. Okay. And then after Fabic, uh, I left Fabic in May, uh, took the summer off and to join the St. Louis now I'm with blues. The, the I don't blues know if you've ever heard of them. Oh, they're a I've little. Um, okay, so do you? You can crack it right there. Do it's you uh, like? Since you're so into like coaching, life coaching, that stuff. Do you like read anything? Do you? Does your coach give you anything to listen to, or is that not your thing? 
uh, he really wants me to read and listen. Um, so he's <laughs> traveled afar and done a lot of cool stuff, learning about meditations and different things like that. And he actually has them on this website that I am a part of. And he's going to be really mad because I was supposed to do this every day at least once. They're like 15-minute meditations. And he just says, like, they just lift your spirits. And I just haven't gotten into it. So, again... Okay. Well, Procrastination that's an is not, and yeah. I don't like to read. My names read, but I don't do it well. Like I'll, if I'm reading a book, I'll fall asleep and halfway through the first page. So, but driving through my on my truck, throw an audio in, I can handle that. But yeah. I don't do it a lot. I should do it more. Okay. So, what do you do to keep your mind fresh or like uh, to to stay up? Is it is it those weekly conversations that you have with your coach, and that's enough to ride you for? seven to ten days or is there is there tools that you have or regular yeah. uh, everyday practices that you use yep so i've got a uh, i've got an organizational website that i use called simpleology and just keeps all my stuff there and i try and get into it at least once or twice a day i can text message stuff to myself that goes into that folder so that when i bring it up it's there um but probably the biggest thing and i don't know if this is good bad or different but it is for me um music is my is my go right when i'm in a bad mood i can put a song on and it can just it can pop it for me and i love that and so um if i'm having a good time or a bad time that's that's where i go to 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 get my mind right and and to get myself into a spot where i want to be yeah that's a good segue because we usually ask people like what do you listen to to get pumped up like if you're getting ready to play or I, i used to listen to tool Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love them. They're my favorite band. They're aren't they coming That's out awesome. with a new album? They just came out with okay. it. Yeah, it's on. And then they just released all their stuff on Apple Tunes, so or iTunes or Apple yeah, Music Apple or whatever Music. it's called. So they just released their first five albums, and so like I went through a two week period where that's all I listened yeah. to. I was just like I can listen to it now. You were yeah. not operating at a three during those <laughs> no, two weeks. I, I can not. guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> not even guilty. <going. sighs> that's awesome. Okay. What are your top three movies of all time? Oh, my favorite movie of all time is Major League. Okay. Yes. Um, hey, that's my wife over there. Does she know that? <laughs> Yo, bartender, Joe Boo needs a refill. <laughs> Bat in the back of the head. Um, I can recite the whole movie to you because when I was in the eighth grade, um, my mom had a shitty pot and pans and didn't have a handle on it. And I had a glove on making, you guys call them ramen noodles in Canada. We call them itchy band noodles and it's okay. just a brand name, both yeah. the brand yeah. names. And I was like this and I dumped it and I had my socks on and I, I got back so I didn't burn the whole front of me, but the pot of hot noodles landed right on my foot. Oh. And I was like, ah, and so I was screaming and my head off. So anyways, I was, I didn't go to school for six weeks cause I had to get my bandage changed like. 10 times a day oh, so no. i had to go to the emergency room and get my bandage changed 10 times a day so i was off for six weeks and that was right when hbo had major league on and so i watched it every day and i was like going through the movie with them i was yeah. addicted to it um rocky four is probably number two um yes. goodness gracious and then just you know just lump all the 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 awesome superhero movies in like me and my kids are ate up with avengers and batman and robin and yeah yeah there's all of that stuff superman and batman versus superman and wonder woman and now uh the sea guy whatever his name is aquaman, aquaman. like it's i love all uh, his stuff. name's aquaman and is it's played by jason momoa who is <laughs> a gift to this earth yeah. as a human being yeah um, <laughs> agreed all right, sorry. Double fanboy moment. Right. But part of the reason why I love superheroes is because 
even though they're make-believe, right? Superman is. I believe there's real superheroes in this world. They just don't wear suits. Um, but I love what they stand for because they do nice things for people and they help people without expecting something in return. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I love who superheroes. Would, who would you say is a real-life superhero? <sighs> who is a real-life superhero? Um, I, I, I don't know if I have anybody, but I'm sure there's, you know... There's lots of people out there that do lots of good things, you know, but I don't know if I just have one person's name that I can, that I can come across. Um, I follow, um, Will Smith a lot mm-hmm. and I've loved him ever since the, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I can mm-hmm. recite that whole song to you. Right. Um, and most of his music. Um, and I just love the way that he thinks about life. I love the things that he says. I like the way that he goes through life. So, yeah. you know, that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing that when I think of people being a superhero and, you know, you don't have to have superpowers. All you have to do is have a big old bag of love in your pocket. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to eat when you go back to Canada? Oh, without question, pizza pops. What? Pizza is what? Pizza pops. Pizza pops. They're Tell kind me of, whatever awesome. you're saying. They're kind of, uh, they're kind of like a, a hot pocket, except a million times better. Um, and they got like cheese and pepperoni and get all meats, all cheese. And they're like that thing, but just the, the, the dough, they're made by Pillsbury and you can't get them down here and they're what? fantastic. You can't Why like, like we can't order them like, in. Uh, you could, pill. but they like, you, they'd have to, you'd have to get them for, like in dry ice to keep Whatever. them frozen and stuff. Like when I went back, I brought two boxes back cause we, I drove an RV up and I drove it back when we went back to Canada this year in June. So, uh, they're unbelievable. And then also on top of that, the arrow bar. Okay. And uh, I'll bring, I'll get you one. It's a, it's a, a basically a chocolate bar. It's ridiculous. And and I don't mean to be rude to Americans when I say this, but everything's better in Canada from a food <laughs> standpoint because we 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 make things for quality, not quantity. And that's not mm-hmm. anybody's fault. But there's just so many people in the states, and they're just pumping and pumping and pumping, and they're trying to cut costs, cut costs, cut costs, so we can grow revenues, right? Yeah. Right. They're still trying to do the same thing in Canada. It's just. I just think they take a little bit more care with what they do. Yeah. Well, we don't. And we have Tim Hortons. Yeah. Well, we have Tim Hortons here now. No, they're gone. They well, we don't have Tim down. Hortons here now. But there's we some did. in Detroit. Cool through, uh, it was awesome. And yeah. you got, they, if you look up the word double double, which is a two cream, two sugar coffee from Tim Hortons, it's in the Canadian Webster's Dictionary now as that. Because <laughs> really? you go through a drive through, you can have a double double, large double double, XR's double double. And they just have high levels of fat in the cream, so mm. that's what makes it. It's like really good. Yeah, even their cows are better. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we're sick uh, of you. We're grass already. fed up there, and you guys are grain fed down here, so the yeah. meat's a little different. What? So I don't want to assume anything about you, but you probably don't travel as much as you did when you were in the NHL. What was a pet peeve of yours when you were traveling a lot? Well, when I was with Richie Brothers, I traveled the most, probably. I'm not going to say more than when I was in the NHL, but I put 67 or 68,000 miles on my truck in one year. Oh. Wow. It was insane. Okay. There was nothing for me to be in the middle of Kansas and then be in Indianapolis the same week, just mm. traveling around, helping guys out, closing deals, doing that kind of stuff. So I've always traveled. I, I really haven't traveled a lot in the last year, and it's actually, that's my pet peeve. I love to be on the road. I love selling. I love building relationships. I love meeting new people. Cool. Um, and so kind of my pet peeve is that I'm not traveling right now. Okay. I love being on the road and there is nothing better 
than pregame meal on the road at the hotels when you're in the NHL. Like really? it is the most badass meal you've ever ever eaten. Describe you, it. So you walk <laughs> you walk in and you've got your salad and then you've got like your cheese and your tomatoes and your cucumbers all in different dishes and then you got all your dressings. And so I would just heap a salad like a huge salad and I would go set it where I'm going to eat and I'm going to go back and there was like pasta different kinds of pastas and white sauce marinara sauce meat sauce and I had them all on there more cheese <laughs> and I go back then there was steak chicken fish vegetables potatoes and then every time they would bring in this huge vat the huge things like haagen ice cream like I would like have to get rolled up to my hotel room but I would just crash hard for two hours and then literally wake up hungry and then we'd have a snack at four o'clock again bagels bread that kind of thing and then we wouldn't eat again until on the plane after or if we went out for dinner for staying over somewhere or wherever we're doing or whatever we're doing Sounds awesome. It's I miss it so much. <laughs> it's such a good meal. <laughs> this, I, I wish people could see the smile on your face when we're talking about this meal. That's uh, awesome. So good good uh, segue into a question that we were asked last week. Um, you're going to the chair tomorrow. What's your last meal? <sighs> you know, it's it's gonna have to be you know uh, it's gonna have to be a steak. Ribeye? You know, I cooked a cowboy ribeye for me and the kids last mm. night. One of those three-pound ones you get at Sam's. And I love, 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 love to cook. Um, and uh, Which is why I love Tyler so much. Yeah. And like, why I was like the sous chef wiping the plates off and stuff. Right. <laughs> um, you did a great job, by the way. <laughs> it was great. So I love that. Um, I love that. And then, you know, I'm not sure if... I'm going to the chair. They let me not, or not, but I'd sure be nice to have a bottle of wine there before you. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I think you're all right. So if I could have a steak and a bottle of wine and a Caesar salad, I'd be good to go. Okay. Cool. Who is one person that you know that you think we should know? That you, like you should know because yeah. of who they are or I, who I wish you knew? Or like um, I would say for the purpose of like this podcast. Yeah, like, like a, a good human who a you understand. I mean, we talked before, like you said, what is the what is this thing? Like what's the premise of this podcast? You and we chatted say it a little, flippantly like that. Well, but. that's how I heard it. Like, what, what do you do here? Like, what, what is, what's the purpose the of this? Who the hell are? do you think you are, Bundren? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so now that, know? Yeah, yeah. now that you know what we're about and what we do, um, who's somebody that you think, man, they should really know that person? My buddy Brandon. He's not as open as me, but he's been through a lot, and he was a medic doctor. Like one of the medics that goes over and basically is a doctor. Mm-hmm. He's over in Iraq and Afghanistan for two tours, totaling 18 months. Ugh. And like he was like sewing people up and pulling bullets out of them. And when he got back to the States, he couldn't even become a paramedic in an ambulance. And he's like, I just did surgery last yeah. week. Right. Yeah. You can't. So, uh, but he's just a good dude. A lot of people don't kind of get him, but I got him. And uh, he's just a good kid. I okay. love people that you don't get like right away. Yeah, it's like you guys would have fun a with nut them on to your crack. Show. I, I, like I would. I would highly recommend that that he come on the show. Cool. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll rely on you for that What's connection. Your <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, not a problem. Awesome. I can Google Brandon. Yeah, but he might come up. Who knows? Right. What do you guys consider to be a successful day? Oh, that's a great question. That is a good question. For me, uh, so I. 
peeled back the curtain a little bit about how disorganized I can be uh, from a professional and personal <laughs> standpoint too. Um, I I don't do it every day, but a lot of the days I'll go in and I'll make a very, very small list. It could be three items, it could be five items, just a couple of things that either kept me up at night, made me wake up early, I thought about when I got out of bed, um, you know, when we're getting the boys ready, I'm, it's on my mind, and I'll get in and I'll make, it. most of the time it's on a post-it note. If I can get those few things done, that's a successful day for me. Um, from a professional standpoint, um, that's it. I I don't try to ask too much of myself as when it comes to like, all right, at ten o'clock I do this, and eleven fifteen I get the bathroom break, and then at twelve ten I do like I just that's not me. It's not who I ever will be. It's not who I ever have been. So I think if I can get those few things, I'm good. Um, from like a personal standpoint, or emotional, yeah. Uh, from a personal standpoint, I think it's just uh, getting through the day without allowing whatever transpired in that day dictate my mood. Because um, I'm an emotional person. I deal with mental health challenges just like the majority of our population. And so if I can go to work, have a couple of things thrown in my lap that I wasn't expecting, and still come home and not be a complete jerk... Um, and, and not let that have swayed, you know, the trajectory of my day, then I feel like, okay, I've, I was able to control my day as opposed to my day controlling me. That's what I would say would be a successful day. Okay. Um, well, my team starts off our day with a huddle. So it's always like, what's your goal? But like, what would be a win for today? And what, what was your win for yesterday? Did you get there or not? Um, so for me, I ha- in order for the day to be a win business-wise, I have to generate for business. Like at least two hours. Uh, because if I don't, I'm a bag of shit. Like I beat myself up. I can't mm, get through it. Up, isn't it? It's so difficult. Um, and um, then the rest of the day is dedicated to my current clients, that kind of stuff. And then... Um, that's a win if I can go home and not a hundred percent put it away, but only check my phone a little bit throughout the night to make sure that there's no emergencies or whatever. And just be there for my husband and my son and just be a person and not a business person. So, um, and when I'm at home, I'm I'm the opposite of you. Like, I'm not organized at home at all. I'm not like, okay, I do laundry this day. I clean this day. We walk the dog this day. I, at home, I'm just like, ugh. Like, what? <laughs> Who needs what? Let's do it. Um, so uh, that's a win for me is to feel like I gave them enough of my time and, you know, catered to whatever's going on with them, whether it's a great day or a terrible day or we need a discipline or whatever. So... That would be my explanation. Yeah. What What would you say would be as how do you if if you got home and you thought okay that was a successful day, what would you say? I think that there's always things in my mind that um, <clears throat> balance what both of you are saying, um, but my focus is on 
trying to make a difference in five people's life a day. And I think mm-hmm. that if I do that, that some of those other things will come along with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you count? Like, like transactionally, are you like, all right, that's three. At the end of the day, I look back at my day and, and hopefully there were some people that I helped or did something that made them feel better. Or it's just a net or, win. Yeah. Yep. Well, you can count too. For yeah. sure, today. Um, Thanks. How would, if anybody out there that listens is just sitting on a pile of money and like the blues, how would they get a hold of you and, you know, talk to you about how they can contribute to your cause? Well, they can always go to, um, you know, our website, which I have no idea what it is, but I would imagine it's, sure if you, you Google, Google St. Louis Blues Alumni Association, something will come up. It'll okay. definitely pop up. <laughs> yeah. And we um, will do some research and yeah. post it. Okay. And, uh, you know, yes. they can always call me, um, you know, awesome. uh, uh, or email us. And, and, and we're, you know, again, our Blues alumni, there's 40, I think 44 guys that are St. Louis Blues alumni that live in the city, right? Not the city, but in sure. the greater yeah. St. Louis area sure. that are part of the community that work here, that are retired here, or, you know, have kids here and, and do that kind of thing. And there's one reason why we all stick around, and that's because of the support and the love that we get from the, the people of the town that have embraced us. And St. Louis is really tight-knit. Like, if you're not a St. Louis, and it's like yeah, a little bit, you know, but like, we kind of get like a free pass into yeah. that into that circle of love, you know For what I mean? Sure. And so it's really awesome that we get treated the way we do. Uh, and it's why it's such a privilege for us to give back and, and to be a part of the community and help in hockey and, and all the other stuff that we do. And, and so, um, you know, but as we grow this thing and continue to strive, and, and I told the board of directors, which I'm on, when I initially told them that I wanted to, you know, throw my name in the hat when Terry Yake left to go to California um, was so that we could continue to grow it and make it bigger and generate more money and generate, you know, better um, events and more events. And, and that's what I wanted to be a part of because the more money we raise, the more money we can give back and the more lives we can change. Sure. And, uh, and, and so we, we have got, we've got our work cut out for us. You know, we've, there's a lot of people that really don't know what we do with our money and where we go with it. And, um, and, and, a lot of time the fundraisers we go back to the same people and i think we need to broaden our horizons and we need to bring more people in because i think we're we're a fun group of people and we put on fun events and i love charity events because they're fun everybody gets to go and have a good time but they're there for a reason which is to give money to a certain charity so that we can help others that aren't as fortunate as we are Um, so how can we make that a great avenue how can we get people to want to be on that train and it's communication it's uh transparency um and it's just you know having a good social media presence which we have to work on now and having a better website and kind of taking it to the next level because we've always just kind of been yeah this is good this is good and i think that there's a really good influx of young guys that's coming and retiring here barrett jackman and you know cam jansen and Phil or Pat Maroon's not long behind here, a couple yeah. of years, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, uh, Chris Butler and, you know, we've got a bunch of really good young guys that want to be a part of something and want to help grow this thing. And, and so why wouldn't we, uh, why wouldn't we jump on board and make something happen like that? So that's the philosophy that, you know, that we're trying to go with and we're adding a couple more people to the board of directors. So it's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of fun. We got to, and what a year to do it in, you know what I mean? Right. Like, are you kidding me right now? That's like, what, for instance, uh, the, the next event we have, it's coming up on October 13th. We're selling tables. 
So basically it's called uh, dr uh, draft and dine. And so we're going to try and sell hopefully 20 tables. You get eight people at a table. It's $5,000 a table. You start out with drinks and hors d'oeuvres down at uh, uh, the Mercedes, the new Mercedes place um, at, down at Hampton. And last year they had John Hamm and Ozzy Smith and some big name celebrities in town and you put them up on a board and everybody auctions and then we go around town and we get some of the fine dining restaurants last year they had some of the restaurants on the hill cap grill you know those types of mm -hmm. places steakhouses and they donate a meal with beverages and that kind of stuff and so then the people there they bid like everybody's in the pool start an auction guy wins a bid he gets to pick his celebrity and he gets to pick his restaurant and then they what? just go all the way down the, the 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 deal and then they get like they so they had like i think they had 13 last year and they had like three like try to get at least three or four of the restaurants on the same area so they get these limo buses and they bus people there and they go and they eat and they do their thing and then they get on the bus after they're done dinner and they come back to the murder no city way. center to finish the night off awesome well this year we're going to bring all the celebrities and we're going to do it again, but uh, Kelly Chase managed to get the Stanley Cup, so oh. someone's going to get a chance to have dinner with the Stanley Cup. That, so it's oh going to be pretty cool. It's amazing. Gosh. So that's the imagine? kind of stuff that I get. Like, I'm making phone calls all Friday, all day today, trying to get guys to buy tables, trying to get celebrities to come and donate their time um, to help us raise some funds for the for the Alumni Association. So this is my job. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm pretty, awesome. pretty geeked up about it. Yeah. Great. Um, if you could, if you could see the alumni association changing or or getting into another avenue of philanthropy, what would it be? Right now, um, you know, children's charities, um, police foundations, and first responders, and uh, and then youth hockey in St. Louis are the three main avenues that we take our our funds to. Um, and I'll give you a little bit of information on either of them like for hockey for us one of the biggest things is like these triple a clubs can cost up to fifteen thousand dollars a year well there's families that have three and four kids in their family sure. and they can't afford fifteen thousand dollars a year right. but yet this kid is so good how bad is it that we can't you know what i mean get him find him a way to be able to go play on those teams so we try and run scholarships through that um try and give back to the kids and and, and there's never enough money for that right. never enough money right yeah I want to say we've already gone through twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars this year, giving back to these kids because we don't go give the full amount. You sure. know, they the sure. AAA raises money and they do that too to help out. But that's just our way of making it better. Like, what if we could give one hundred and fifty thousand dollars? What if we could? What if we could help support the AAA club to where they could just lower the fees for everybody? Right. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's when I see vision. That's what I want to look at. Um, our police officers today are scrutinized to a level that, for me, is disturbing. Um, you know, we've seen the different um, racial wars that come into play with officers, whether they're white officers or black officers or white kids or black kids, where the shootings or the attacks or whatever have not come out good. And our police officers get scrutinized in ways for me that I think is unfair because it's easy to sit in the back of the, of the classroom and pass judgment on a guy that basically has a target on his back in some areas of this world. And that's not saying anything except for the truth. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel bad for them that they have to be scrutinized when their life is on the line every single day to protect the rest of the people that don't want to do bad things. The fact that we have different races amongst our human race and we as humans decide to segregate those ourselves. And sometimes, in my opinion, it's our own races that segregate ourselves outside of 
that human race. Sure. Um, and I just think that for us, we want to we want to be a voice for the police officers um, that can be someone there to help and support them. Um, so we give uh, our money to training, and we've we've donated a bunch of money to their training and their uh, um, their kind of artillery, for lack of a better term. Um, we've, they've gotten some rifle vests. Uh, they've gotten some different vehicles that they've needed, um, and so we wanted to be a part of that. And then obviously children's charities. That's a little bit of a blanket. There's all kinds of children's charities that we right. go to, people apply to, and then we decide what we're going to do with the money from that standpoint. So those are the main avenues. You know, if we take our raisings and double them in the next couple of years, we can either give more back to those or we can start to branch out and, and do a little bit more. But, you know, we, we decided three or four years ago that we wanted to condense it. We wanted to support our, our police officers. Um, for me, I would love to see more support. You made comment of it already with mental illness. I think mental illness is one of the most um, under understood, um, notified. You know, name the word where you're not paying attention to something. There's so many people, and there's so many different levels of mental illness. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of us that make it through, and there's a lot of us that do good, and then there's a lot that don't. And it's not just somebody that's committing suicide. It's somebody that wakes up in the morning and doesn't have the gusto to, to start their day. And so they end up kind of doing nothing, and they end up kind of getting into an area. Wouldn't it be nice for us to be able to put some time and energy and research into how we can help those guys? For sure. Right? The, the warriors and the wounded warriors and the people that go overseas and put their lives on the line for us, and they come back and their minds are and messed. Can't get a, and can't get a job get as a job. an EMT or yeah. a, an yeah. ambulance. Without, you know, without spending crazy. money to go to school when he just did surgery on five different guys in two days. Yeah. So um, there's lots of things like that that I'd like to see us be able to help out and, and to be a part of. Um, but one step at a time. Yeah. Well, awesome. I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on the show. I think uh, I was super pumped when, when you first were like, yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, you will <laughs> you what like, are you sure are you sure <laughs> right well yeah um, and it was great to get to know you at all much less better and we really appreciate you being honest and you know well there's plenty it's of- not my choice it just is <laughs> what it is just, right well, i tell people all the time you know uh people don't sit there and go hmm i wonder what reed's thinking <laughs> right <laughs> There's no one that just comes out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes they're not so great. That's all right. (laughs) Well, I feel like there's probably four or five things that I'm going to need to listen to again and like write write down, like readisms. Yeah. Lowisms. (laughs) I don't know what you want to call them, but they're good. Yeah. And um, I think we all benefited from you being here tonight. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome. That's it. Thanks, guys. Are you still there? <laughs> They're still here. That's crazy. Um, well, if you can't get enough of us, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Welcome to Our World. And thanks for listening. And if yeah. you listen on Spotify or iTunes, it'd be pretty cool if you gave us a rating. And tell your friends. All right. Thanks. Thanks.